Welcome to Vit Friends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Vit Friends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Mullen. For information about Vit Friends classes, support groups for youth, teens, and adults, visit us at www.vitfriends.org. For questions or comments, you can email us at support at bitfriends.org. BitFriends podcasts are now sponsored by My Bitiligo Team. Welcome to another episode of Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Today, I'm very, very, very excited to have members from the Divine Nine on my show, representing a particular HBCU in the South. We'll get into that a little bit later. So before we get into our conversation, I would like to welcome my guests. So my guests, if you will unmute and welcome yourself. Hello, Mark. I'm Renee Edwards, and I'm representing Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, the spring 1995, uh, crossing those sands, and also a class of 1995 graduate of Shaw University. Hi, everyone. I am Nakoya Tyson, affectionately known as Coco to my friends and family. I am a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, spring 01, and I graduated from college in the spring of 2004. Hello, everybody. My name is Jacqueline Jackson-Murray. Um, I crossed the sands at Shaw University Sigma Gamma Rho Incorporated in the year of 1992, and I graduated in the year of 1995, officially. And I can also add myself, um, I crossed the sands at Shaw University from the IOTA chapter of Phi Beta Sigma in fall 1992, and I graduated in 1994. So that's our introduction for my guests for today. Uh, for our listeners, I can see my guests. You can't because we're doing a pre-recording. So there may be times when we're talking and it may sound a little different. That's because we can see each other, but you can only hear us. So we're going to start off the conversation about vitiligo because this is our vitiligo or my vitiligo podcast. And I want to share a little bit about my, my vitiligo journey. Now, one thing, my guests, they, they know me in one way. I didn't have vitiligo when I met them. And over the years, it progressed. So now, you know, I, they're seeing me in two different settings. You know, one without vitiligo, now the new mark with vitiligo, which is still the same old mark. But they're seeing, seeing me in two different ways. So let me, let me kind of share my story with my guests, and then we'll open it up for some uh, questions and some discussion. Um, about 95, 96, I started developing vitiligo, small spots on my hand, which was easy to hide, so a lot of people couldn't see it. And, and with that, you know, it didn't really bother me too much. You know, I, I was still able to move about socially, interacting, you know, going to my classes, hanging out with my folks and, you know, uh, participating in the activities with my frat brothers or whatnot. And I decided to go back to school a little bit later. But over time, I started witnessing, you know, the spread. And that's what I would call it, my, my vitiligo spreading and the patches start to spread. And what it did to me over the years, it, it really played on my insecurities. Um, it brought out my, my self-esteem issues. Um, 
went through a little bout with depression and um, anxiety, a little bit of everything. So just to kind of give a brief synopsis of what I went through, you know, for my friend and Sarah, you know, I would be around then I would disappear, you know, I'll come around, disappear. And they didn't quite understand why some people just took, oh, that's Mark, you know, he don't want to really hang out, he don't want to do this. But that's a big part of vitiligo. You know, we're good at hiding. And that's one of the things we do. When your skin starts to change, you want to hide from society. You want to hide from other people because you don't want them to see what you start to look like now. Um, and that was one of the things I went through where I found myself hiding from the people I could say I grew up with. Because, you know, I feel like when you go to college, you know, you're 17, 18, you're growing up with these people, you know, then 19, 20, and you're still friends, but you start to hide from people. And that's what I went through. You know, I remember coming back for one homecoming. Um, and I don't remember the year, but it was great to come back to socialize, to see the people I haven't seen in a long time. And I had a good time. You know, I was party hopping and just hanging out and talking to people. And, you know, we had our um, tailgate. I'm eating food. We're enjoying some adult beverages, you know, um, just having such a good time. And, you know, but after the, the fun wore off, the reality kicked in, like, I got this skin to, skin condition and I look different to other people in their eyes, you know. And that's always been a major challenge for me, you know, of wanting to feel normal when your skin is showing you something differently. And for my guests, you know, it it is different because you knew me in one way and you can start to see, and I'm showing them my vitiligo spots just on one arm. And there's some of the others, not too bad, but, and I also have it on my face. So, you know, vitiligo, it, it doesn't hurt you physically, but it hurts you emotionally. It hurts you psychologically. And that's one of the things I went through with that. Um, and, and I know some people take it as, oh, Braxton being, because a lot of people call me Braxton. So on Facebook, you might see me post something as Brax, but, oh, I'm being antisocial. Not on purpose. You know, it, it, it comes along with having vitiligo. Uh, my question to my guests, before this conversation, before you started seeing vitiligo posts on Facebook, um, did you know someone with vitiligo um, or what was your experience with the vitiligo community, if any? Uh, hi, everyone. This is Nicoya. Uh, I actually grew up with someone with vitiligo, but I didn't, I still don't and didn't know too much about it. I mean, I've done a little bit of my own research, but uh, this person is someone that I knew from the age of five or six until uh, we moved when I was 13. So I did know someone with it and, and was a really good friend of mine. So it did not, it, to me, it was just this person was a, a person just like me, just just different, as my mom has always said, or as I grew up, like everyone's not the same, everyone is different. So I just grew up thinking that this person just was a different color than me when I was a little girl. Mark, Renee Edwards, um, I grew up, I guess my first, um, I guess, encounter with someone with Vidalgo was um, elementary school. Actually had a, a teacher, um, actually in the fourth grade, taught social studies. And it was very pronounced in her hands and, um, like Coco said, it was, um, you know, just thought, okay, maybe it's like I said, she's just a little different, you know, with her skin and not anything, you know, over the top. And then, you know, over the years, seen individuals and just recently, you know, here um, 
at institutions that I worked with, one of the um, VPs um, actually has the skin condition. And, you know, for her, um, she did try to, you know, master some makeup on some days and some days she was fine with it. It just depends on the setting um, that was there. So have been exposed and, you know, learn more about it over the years. Um, Jacqueline Murray, um, the only experience like per se, uh, there was a member of our church, you know, growing up and, um, again, like she said, you see these people and say, Hey, how you doing? And you, I mean, of course you notice there's something different with the skin, but it, it was just a natural, he's a person. And I don't, you know, I don't, you look beyond that, you know, and even you Mark, and then, you know, some of our, our other fellow, uh, friends at school. And when you said. It, it happened later in life. I can't remember when it happened because you were Mark. You know what I mean? So we always saw beyond that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And excuse me, even from my experience, um, I, didn't, I, knew, I didn't know anyone as a child with vitiligo. But when I was in high school, I knew Terrell. Um, Terrell went to Shaw also with us. And um, he's the only person I knew, but I didn't know what vitiligo was at the time because I didn't have it, you know, I didn't know much information about it. Then there was another guy that my freshman year who enrolled into Shaw, uh, I think his first name was Mike. I don't know his last name or don't remember his last name. He had vitiligo and um, he wore the makeup, but um, and what was unique about him, this guy was like 6'2", 250 pounds or whatever, big dude, you know, played football and, and um, but his self-esteem was so shot. And I was just so amazed that, you know, somebody so big can, you know, have such low self-esteem, not until I got it. Then I understand, uh, I shouldn't say I got it until I developed vitiligo. Not, not until then did I understand, you know, it doesn't matter about your size, what you look like, you know, what you do or how athletic you are, whatever. It can happen to anybody, you know, and it's, it, it's all in how you handle it, how you deal with it, how you learn to cope. And that's the challenge. That's not that. That's the the hard part of it. Um, and um, and and I know Renee also one of your sorrows uh, came out and told me she couldn't make it today. That she has been like awesome. That's Charmaine, and we've talked about it before. So you know, um, so it, it's there. It's out in the community. We see it now. I know growing up, you know, and I always bring this up too that the big joke was Michael Jackson. You know man, he bleached his skin, you know, Michael Jackson, you know, he did this and that. And it's like, and at the time we believed anything because that was before, you know, the internet, before you could really get access to information. Um, but it wasn't that he was bleaching his skin. There are two things that can happen with vitiligo. Uh, you know, it can spread to the point where you lose all your pigmentation, like Terrell. Or you can get a procedure done. It's not bleach, but it's where you progress the vitiligo to make it take all your pigmentation away to make it look all uniform. And that's what Michael Jackson did, you know? So, you know, it, it, it's one of those things, it could affect anybody and, and none of that other stuff matters. You know, you talked about the teacher, you know, our life goes on. It's still not easy to stand in front of, cause you know, being in the school system, you know, you're in front of kids and you're in front of people and they see all this stuff. And this tells a lot your facial expression, you know, it tells a whole lot about what you know about certain things or how you feel about it. And I can imagine maybe in the beginning might have been a challenge for, for the teacher to be up there to teach, you know, in front of the kids. 
and also depending on the age you know um i feel like younger kids are more accepting older kids eh, it could be a challenge you know does anyone have any questions um you can throw some questions out to me and i can roll with it um and we can kind of go from there So I, I do have a question. I, I wanted to know when um, it started developing or when it was progressing, I guess I should say. Like, is it, I know it's an autoimmune disease, so to speak. I don't want to say the word disease, but. No, you're right, it's, you're right. But autoimmune, is it painful um, when this is occurring or or is it just something that you noticed, that, that you looked up and you noticed it was, it was, your, your skin was turning different more and more or progressing more and more each day. Now, I, I would tell you, I'm going to answer that. Um, it's funny. A lot of people say it feels like a mosquito bite. Like you get an itch. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, the mosquito bit me. And you start scratching, you know, it's like, uh, and the next day spot. So that's how, oh. you know, it's starting to spread. It's weird. Vitiligo is weird. I don't think everybody feels that. Um, but yeah, for myself, scratching on my leg i'm like oh mosquito bit me and i look down another spot okay and and but it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt at all you know it's not something that you know you can walk by and touch a person and they're in pain no um and it can't be spread that's one thing um i right. can't touch you and you know turn you white and you know, oh, ha, ha, you got vitiligo, and I, I can't do that no y'all this listening i'm rolling my eyes right now because if anybody thinks that <laughs> oh my they, god he touched me i got feel like right no now. <laughs> no there are some people that are so I, i'm not gonna call them ignorant i'm just gonna call them uninformed lack, a lack of knowledge lack that of is. knowledge and and this is great here because we because i'm gonna share a story with you and i'm the reason why i'm saying that it's great because when you don't know something and you don't understand something you fear it mm -hmm. so 2019 that's when I finally decided, you know what, I can't live with my insecurities. I got to do something about it, you know, and I did. I, I um, went to um, Jackie, not this Jackie, but a different Jackie's little, her swim class, you know, not swimming, but it was like aqua aerobics, not aerobics, excuse me, aqua Zumba. Let me get it right, Jackie, get me for it. And I said, okay, I'm going to go. So my first day I went, I went with Lonnie because he convinced me to go. He's like, Braxton, I'm going to only do once you go. I was like, I'm not getting no water, man, because I had been in the pool like in ages. So I got in, wore my shorts, showing off my vitiligo, and I wasn't comfortable at all. I didn't even take my shirt off. I got in with the shirt and everything. I was like, I'm just going to get into this pool, you know. And I felt stupid because I'm in there. We're doing our thing. The shirt's rising up. And, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to go again because I promised Lonnie I'll go with them at least twice. The next time I said I have to take my shirt off, and that was hard. I did it, but to be vulnerable in front of people is very challenging, very hard. But that's something I had to do that summer of 2019. So I was doing well. I went to the beach. You know, Jackie had a, a trip to the beach. I went to the beach. It's like, yeah, I'm going to take it all off. Let's just do it. You know, I'm out there in, at the beach having a good old time, you know, not a care in the world. I was good. I, I, I call it my evolutionary war, uh, warfare where I felt like I was changing. I was evolving. And the warfare part of it, it's the battle every day. I lost the battle, homecoming. And I'm going to tell you what happened. You know, I was all pumped up. I'm going to homecoming this year, 2019. I hadn't been in a while. You know, see my peeps, whatever. And 
got on the yard and the first thing so I was talking to somebody and she was just having this great conversation and you know she looked at my hands a couple of times and I'm thinking oh you know you see my vitiligo start to bother you but then the longer she started talking I'm like you think I'm Jake <laughs> that's the wrong brother <laughs> yeah she thought I was Jake so that yeah, was funny, you know, and I'm like, and y'all can take your mics off. Uh, I know we got you muted, but y'all, <laughs> I'm laughing because you don't look nothing like, like you. <laughs> no, it, it, what it is, we were two light skinned dudes. That was it. That was it. You know, right. We all look alike. So, but but here's where here's where the challenge came in. So I, I went up to the little plot area, you know, up, up in the, I call it the graveyard, you know, little plot area. So, oh, for my listeners, if you don't know what the plot is, we'll explain that later. If you don't know what a, what our HBCU is, we'll explain that later. If you don't know what the Divine Eye, who they are, we'll explain that later. So I went up there and, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good, actually. You know, and I'm talking to some of the old bros and we're having a good conversation about life and everything. And one of the young guys came up. So, you know, he introduced himself to the brothers, you know, he's making his way down the line and he's giving everybody the grip. You know, if you don't know the grip is, you know, uh, we won't explain that, but still. So he's giving the grip and he got to me and the look on his eyes was, was terror. He looked at my hands, he looked at my arms and I'm thinking, what? You know, it was my vitiligo. He didn't have to say a word. His eyes got big. He gave me the weakest grip ever. Like, yeah, I could tell he did not want to touch me. And what it did for me, it it set me back. Like, I was I was good up until that point. And I left. I left the campus. And I made an excuse. I'm going to be honest. I was just like, you know what? I got something else to do today. So, you know, I'll get up with y'all later. I may come back to the yard. I didn't come back. Because I felt, for me, I felt like if he felt that way, how many other brothers that don't know me feel the same way seeing it and i'm the, the new guy because i'm the old new guy because they haven't seen me but it really just you know that's how vitiligo is you can be great one day the next day you can be in the pits i'll call it the sunken place like it like and get out you know um and it can be hard you know because you got to crawl back out you know um and it can take one little thing and and i think most of it it's the stares, you know, when people are staring at you, the looks, you know, your facial expressions give away a lot. Your body language gives away a lot. You know, if you're not comfortable, now you make me feel uncomfortable. And that's and that's where I was. And I, you know, and I um I said I was gonna go back in 2020. Of course, nobody went in 2020. <laughs> but 2021, I, I'm like, well, if we have it still kind of on the fence, you know, because I want to be able to go and socialize like everybody else, have fun like everybody else. But I also have this thing that that lingers with me, which is my vitiligo that makes that makes me kind of go, I don't quite fit in anymore. And I don't think that's what all the brothers understand. You know, I have this thing that I don't fit in. You know, mm -hmm. I used to fit in. I'm still marked. I, I can still step and party hop and all that. I can probably outstep half the young cats out there. Don't challenge me right now because I'm almost 50, but still. But with vitiligo, I feel like an outcast. I shouldn't, but I do, you know. And that's where that, you know, what I said before, not wanting to come around. Just being my little small bubble, my little small inner circle, which usually includes hanging out with Lonnie. 
you know, and, and that's extremely small because there's no judgment there. Um, any other questions y'all may have? Y'all can throw them out there. I'm I'm open. Yeah, I have one, and preferably you get over that, you know, um, not wanting to be around because you feel different. But um, I think I think some of the I guess the acceptance or you know the inclusiveness, you know, growing up because we I guess as a people are of different shades, different hues, right. things of that nature. And I also grew up with um, individuals that were albino, and so right. initially I thought, well, maybe that condition is you know a part of that you know spectrum in a sense. So in, in thinking about some of the challenges that they face, um, does that, does it now have you, I guess, more sensitive to light um, where you, you know, don't want to be outside as much. Um, you don't have to wear, you know, umbrellas or cover up more um, because of the lightening of the skin. Um, to answer that for myself, no. Um, I do wear, you know, sunscreen if I need to, but I, I don't get burned easily. Um, even with my vitiligo. You know, I've worked summer camps being out in the sun and it it doesn't it doesn't bother me like that. But I do know there are some people in the community where they're very sensitive to the sun and they have to cover up. They have to wear umbrellas, you know, um, sunscreen, you know, all the necessary precautions because they will burn easily. So I think it's a little different for each person and where you're from. I think what what part of the world you're from, too, plays a lot into it. Um, but no, I, I can move about, you know, normal out in the sun. I don't like the sun because it's too hot, you know, like it's almost 100 degrees here. So no, I don't like that part of it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Jackie, you have any questions? No, what I was going to say, not making it about me, but um, I know what you're talking about as far as feeling the insecurity. Now, I was with all mm -hmm. of those things you were talking about. I was at the pool. I was at the beach. And I was like, what's this problem? You know? Right, right. It made me think back to my mother. My mother had, um, it's, I shouldn't say this, I call it elephantitis because I got it too. We call that ham hop, that thigh. She has like the lymphoma. We right. don't, we never had a name for it, but you know. And when she went to that very pool, she was so self-conscious. She looked around and said, all oh, these women big, you know? You know, right, right. Even me in the bigness, and and so I know about insecurities. Everyone has something, yeah. but right. we always feel like we have the need to explain it. Oh, I gained so much weight, and you, oh my, you know, I have right. the thing called Tania. I had to look it up because at first I was like, do I have something? You know, and right. it's you know, it's, have you ever heard of Tania? It, it's a skin condition that um, it's a lightning that I'm light enough. So <laughs> yes, uh, uh, listeners, I am. <laughs> So when my skin changes colors um, throughout the year, I not panic, but it was like, should I be concerned? Because the skin right. means, hello, it could be something serious that's beyond not, you know, it could be cancer. You know what I mean? It, it could be something. And and as I was thinking, and then my kids have that a skin condition like on their hands. And they, mom, you did this to me. So I used to always think, is it that? Is it something? Not to panic, but just to get information. So I found out my condition is called Tania. So even though I'm light, it breaks out. And I feel like you said, the need to explain. Right. At the pool, my back is inflamed and, you know, lightened. And it, what's that? What's that? So right. I, I mean, it don't make me, then I go, it's a condition. I don't know. It's come and go. But knowledge and, and is power. Knowledge it, is power. It is. It is. But you know what, Jackie? I, I wasn't always in this space where I can talk about it. Like, I didn't want to talk about vitiligo, you know. Um, very insecure, very low self-esteem, 
you know, believe it or not, I know some of y'all think, but you would step all the time, you come back and do it. Yeah, but I, I still had my issues, you know. And I know a lot of us have things that we're dealing with, you know. Um, some things are more accepted than others, but then when you have something that makes you stand out, you kind of want to stand in the background, you know, where maybe in, before you would stand in the forefront and be like, I'm here, but now you kind of, uh, um, and then there's some situations in your life where you have to stand out, you know, and, and I'm learning that. I said, you know, we, I just posted something on my Facebook page, you know, um, people may sometimes want us to blend in, but we're created to stand out, you know, and, and that's why I see I'm standing out. But two years ago, I've couldn't have, I couldn't have had this conversation because I wasn't ready. I wasn't in that proper headspace. But now I'm like, I could talk about it all day because I feel like my mission, my purpose now is to support, is to support others with vitiligo and their challenges and bring the awareness out there. And also, like you said, to educate people, because if you don't know how you're going to be able to properly support somebody who may need your help, you know, um, and, and I, I say that for myself, because you know, having vitiligo, you know, being married, going through the, all that, all that plays a big part on, on top of your struggles, you know, with vitiligo, because you, now you're dealing with, okay, I have my, my self image. Now you have your personal image, your life image that you have, that you think you got this personal um, lifestyle and people are looking at that. And then you all often think, well, how do I get back to normal? And, and I question what's considered normal now, you know, um, the new norm is always changing. It's always different, always evolving. And that's sort of the same way I see with vitiligo. Um, somebody asked me a question one day, how, how much will it spread? I'm not a scientist. They don't even know, you know, nobody knows. It's gonna do what it's gonna do when it wants to do it, however it wants to do it. Has my vitiligo spread? Yes. I have like all these spots on my legs. Um, little kids scratched me on my shoulder uh, a couple weeks ago at, at work. I got little vitiligo spots popping up. So anything traumatic can make it form. You know, you make new spots. But I'm just at a place where I accept my spots. Hey, I'm, I'm spotted. You know, it's just me now. Um, and uh, Mark, I did read more recently that that typically is what not necessarily what causes it but that that is is one of the things that can happen like mm -hmm. if you get a scratch or um right. but like you said it feels like a mosquito bite and then when you scratch then the next day you look and there's a spot but i did see that you know like some form of trauma which is a, right. it can be a scratch right. or anything that that messes with your skin can can cause that right right and and sometimes we think trauma is always physical Right. Sometimes, sometimes you got to think about the emotional, right? What you're going through, what's going up in your head, you know, um, it, it could be a loss of a loved one. It could be, you know, having a new child. It can be stressful school from work. All these things can play a factor into your vitiligo forming and or spreading. Um, for myself, I think it's just stress, just stress of life. You know, when you watch TV, oh, this happened again. Oh, gosh, you know. I'm stressing over that. You know, you, you look at your bills come in, you're stressing over that. You, I got to go to work today. You know, all these little things that we stress over, I think causes a lot of the, you know, the spread, the patches for our community. Um, now, 
I want to talk a little bit about myths, and we kind of talked about it briefly. Um, physical versus psychological. And I know a lot of people think, you know, that vitiligo is just simply a physical, you know, it's on the surface, you know, it is because you can see it, you know, somebody has it, you can see it. Uh, funny story. Um, I, after divorce, you know, later I decided, let me try the dating again. And somebody was like, why don't you do internet dating? All right, I'll give it a shot. So I did, I, you know, you put the profile up, you're all happy to take, take a picture and everything, you know, put your best picture up. And this lady was just, and I, and people have never heard the full story. They've only heard bits and pieces, but she was like, what's wrong with your mouth? <laughs> I laugh. No, I laugh now. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I, I laugh now, but I was one ticked off brother then and, and and you know and i did have i have a, i did have a response and it wasn't pretty see i'm so uh, petty i'd have been like what's wrong with your face yeah. <laughs> i'd have been thinking I, about okay. all the other things i could have been asking what's wrong with that person <laughs> and, 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 and coco i did but it, it wasn't all pretty because you know when you respond to people you know you add extra things to just that you know but and I took my profile down, profile down, because immediately it 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 killed me. And I was like, because I, I I couldn't explain. Well, I didn't want to explain. It's vitiligo, and this is vitiligo is you know blah blah blah. Then yes, I do have it around my mouth. A lot of people don't know because I have facial hair. I can cover it, but not everybody can do that. You know. Right. Um, but it, it's just once again that ignorance. You know, people just don't know. But that's the part of the physical. You know, you can see it on the outside. And you go, oh, it's just on their skin, but it's what happens on the inside that people don't see that causes the most damage, you know. Um, and, and it's for men and women, because I know sometimes people think, oh, it affects women more than men. Nah, brothers be going through it too. Matter of fact, we be going through it, crying behind closed doors, nobody can see it, and we come out good. No, yeah, you guys want to hide it. You don't want to show your weak. Right. What? But you know what? And I say that because I went through it. I was good. I was always good. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And I'm not, you know, but I wanted help, but I didn't know how to seek help. I was afraid, you know, because it's the ego for the man, you know. Y'all, I ain't going to no support group, man, sitting there talking to people about what I'm going through. I'm good. I'll just sit here and watch TV or I'm going to hang out with the fellas, you know, which it's a cover up. You know, I'm like, be honest. You know, if you're feeling a certain way, just say it. You know, be honest with people. You know, um, I, I went through the anxiety. And, and I think that's the hardest part. That was the hardest part for me. Anxiety. Walking on the campus, walking in the store, walking to work, whatever. And you feel that that the weight, you know, and it, and it stops you. You know, I remember when I first, you know, experienced that anxiety i was in target i had to put everything back and leave because i don't think i put it back in the right spot but i put stuff back on the shelf and i left out because I, I couldn't do it i was like see Man. that's how i know something was wrong because if you in target and you putting stuff back then we got a problem yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're right hey, hey, hey look hey coco but i was in line i was about to check out and oh, wow. and what it, and i'm gonna tell you what it was and this is how you ever see those movies where you hear all the voices and everybody's voice is getting extremely loud mm -hmm. i turn i look at the dude behind me he's looking at my i had on shorts looking at my legs like ew you know and that was the look and i was like okay 
just just ignore him ignore the voices and i always tell people it's not how loud you say things it's those whispers we can hear that that you know those little whispers they get extremely loud and and i i had to leave i was just like you know what i got i gotta bounce and i did that quite a few times until until 2019 i was like i can't i can't live like that i can't do that mm-hmm. you know i can't wear jeans every day when it's like super hot outside and mm-hmm. you know um i want to go to this concert but i'm afraid because all these people they're gonna look at me and i don't know if you remember jackie when the other jackie had her booth at um the african-american festival mm-hmm. and i helped i wore my shorts i had on my sandals i didn't care <laughs> i had my, showing off all my vitiligo and then Lonnie was like, hey, you know you on, on WRL's webpage, right? I'm like, what? They got a picture of me walking through behind some ladies. And and I'm like, dude, they got me up there. My bit like little show, but. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> <that> <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. What was that on The Simpsons, an episode of The Simpsons? He was like, oh, your epidermis is showing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, look, but that's the mindset we have. You know, it's like. <laughs> Man, you got me seeing, got me showing all this stuff out. But, but I'm good now. You know, um, like when I talk to kids, when they see me at work and they ask, matter of fact, if they're staring, I'll go ahead and say it. it's vitiligo. I said, matter of fact, it don't hurt. I'll just go get the rundown. One kid went to ask me before she even got out of her mouth. I said, it's bio enhanced camouflage. She's like, what's that? I said, it's vitiligo. I could blend it with anybody. Black, white, doesn't matter. Look. Yeah. So, you know, you got to have fun with it now. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at. I was, that's where I'm at in my life, where I can enjoy living. You know, I still have my moments where I'm throwing some shorts and be like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to many places today. I'm not going to put on no shorts. But then I have my days. I'm going to put them on. I don't care if you look. Matter of fact, let me hold my leg out. You want to see my leg? Is that what you're looking at? You know, it, it, so it, it all depends on how I'm feeling, you know. Um, and I think other people in the community are like that too. And then we have on the flip side, Jackie, I'm gonna get to you in just a second. We have some people on the flip side where they're not good. And those are the people I really want to support in our community. You know, those are the people that, that really struggle with it and suffer. I used to hate that word suffering because I said, nobody suffers with vitiligo. That's not true. There are people that do suffer with it. Um, and that suffering comes in the form of depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, all those things. And they can create other issues, you know, other health issues. So, you know, and then we don't want anybody to take that drastic measure, which could lead to suicide. And that is very important because there are some people that they struggle with it. They And, and they just feel, I don't want to be on this earth because of how I look, you know? And those are the people who really want to reach out and put our arms around and say, you know, we got you. You know, we're here. We got you. We understand. Jackie, you have a question. No, really quick. I'm, I was just thinking about like how you were saying how um, you had your insecurities about it because it's, it's you know, something you didn't expect or do. How did you, because you came into, your children uh, were born after, right? You were married right. after it started to, to, to flare up. So how do your children, that, that's all they know is daddy, right? So right. they kind of, you know, you're not kids. Well, <laughs> well it, it had actually had it before then, but it wasn't, it was just in smaller spots. Mm-hmm. Um, Caleb never asked, that's my son. He never asked me about it. Uh, we did have a conversation 
during a pandemic where we really were able to talk and about talk about vitiligo and what it's like and blah blah blah, my insecurities and we so we talked. You know, I remember Marley as a little girl. She said, "Daddy, what's that spot on your hand?" I said, "Vitiligo." She okay. That was it. She didn't care. Your daddy, you know, I I don't care. And the kids are like that. I, and I and I think and I always say this to you know when I'm talking. If we're gonna teach anybody. Let's teach the kids because they grow up to be adults that understand these conditions. You know, I think our generation, we came through an ignorant time. We didn't understand a lot of things. And, you know, we made fun of people that were different, that thought differently. They didn't think like us or they didn't look like us. You know, we had uh, some derogatory terms for those people. And, you know, we were just very ignorant because we didn't know. But we were also taught to not ask questions and don't, right, you know, right. that's considered being intrusive or nosy or whatever. So, right. again, that plays into, you know, knowledge is, is everything. And, and if you don't, if you don't know, you don't know. And that's what I say all the time when it comes to situations like this. Ask those questions so that you can become more knowledgeable and get more information and that you can also teach the masses. Absolutely. Or you can go to the Internet. It's called search. You if you Little type in white, leg, leg Google. Right. Leg white, white patches, <laughs> vitiligo. Oh, let me say this for our listeners. You know, for those who do not have vitiligo, it is not called vertigo. Vertigo is something totally different. Very I've different. had many people come up to me and say, I have vertigo too. And I'm like, I don't have vertigo. I have vitiligo. It's not vertigo and it is not leprosy. Oh, Jesus. It is. Not. Yes. I've, cannot. Yeah. You know, you know, sometimes you laugh at people because they are, they are, those are some of the ignorant people. Do you have leprosy? I'm like, ignorance is bliss. Hey, hey, no, you know, it's not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm, look, and I'm sitting there going, it's blessed their hearts. You, you, you read into the Bible, hearts. you read into the Bible too much. Now, I understand, but you know, you got to know there's a difference, you know. And now, now I did have a um, funny story. Never going to switch gears. We'll talk about something else besides vitiligo. Um, I had a little girl one day. Couple, two, two, two stories. One, one little girl flat out told me she was like, "Look, I don't like your skin." <laughs> and I said, "You know what? It ain't for you to like. It's for me to love." I wasn't there yet though, but I said it. Hey, could get that little girl to leave me alone. Every five minutes, she's touching my hand, touching my skin. Can I touch it? No, stop. Go sit down somewhere. <laughs> leave me alone. And then I had another one say, um, Mr. Braxton, uh, you have the comic book club at school, so that means you have superpowers, right? I'm like, no. She said, but your skin. Don't you shoot lasers on your skin? I'm like, I, I wish. But no, I don't have laser hands and you know, I can't touch you and just change you instantly. And I, and I did a um, presentation 2019 for my fifth graders. And it was so funny because um, before it started, you know, I went through the group high-fiving everybody, pat, 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 you know, the whole group. And one of the kids asked me later on, he said, um, so if I touch you, can I, get vit uh, can I get vitiligo? I said, if that was the case, then you got it. Cause I just gave everybody in this room high five. I said, dude, no, you can't get it like that. Come on. I can't just touch mm -hmm. you. Ha <laughs> ha, you got vitiligo. No. So, you know, that's where we have to teach our kids. We have to teach our adults, you know, we have to teach each other, you know, 
about this condition? I think the the younger generation probably knows a little bit more about it too if they are uh, America's next top model watcher from the the right. model uh is it Winnie Winnie Harlow I think Winnie her name Harlow is. Mm -hmm. um you know she has vitiligo and she was you know talked about it all the time but you can right. also see some of her insecurities when I used to watch it like you could see um some of the things that bothered her so I can understand you know, be, being different and, and not knowing how to express how you feel because you are different and not knowing how to be nice when you're trying to explain certain things. Right. You know, what's funny. One of the hardest things for me to do, I talk on my hands all the time. So being on like a Zoom meeting or a Google meeting and, and you're talking to strangers and we're just talking and, and you all can see me now and you really can't see my hands, but I'm talking and I go, boom. And the look on people's faces are like, oh, ooh, what's wrong with his hands? And and I, and I and I catch myself. I'm like, ooh, they weren't ready for that. But I gave it to them, you know. But but I'm comfortable where I can do that now. Even at work, um, we were having a discussion. And I guess I'm I'm back into my own mindset where sometimes you have to be able to laugh, you have to be able to smile and enjoy life. And some things I do think are funny. Like we were having a discussion about um, equity and some of the racial injustice we were witnessing. And I asked the question, and, and I didn't mean to do it, but I did it, and I thought it was funny after I did it. I asked the question to some of my coworkers. I said, what is it that you really fear? Is it my skin? And I and I wasn't talking about my vitiligo, but I put it up in the screen like, bam. And I'm like, ooh, I don't think they were ready to see all that vitiligo, but I did it anyway, because <laughs> that's not what we were talking about. We were just talking about regular skin. Then I thought about it, wait a minute, if you don't like me because of my skin, which complexion? <laughs> I got three complexions going on. I got a birthmark on one side of my body, I got vitiligo, then I got the, my regular complexion, and might even have a fourth one if I get a tan. So like, which one do you not like? You know, it's those things that you got to laugh about, and, and, and I think it's funny. Um, before we switch gears, do y'all have any other questions about vitiligo? Going once, going twice. <laughs> no, I think I'm good. I'm good, good, good. Mm -hmm. All right, let's switch gears. So we all came through Shaw University. Hey, so anybody want to talk about Shaw U? Um, let's talk about the HBCU experience. Um, for our listeners, if you don't know what an HBCU stands for, we're going to break it down for you. Um, so anybody want to throw it out there? Yes. Hello, everyone. It's Coco again. <laughs> um, so I came to Shaw University, Raleigh, North Carolina, the oldest HBCU in the South, historically oh, black college oh. and university. Coco, can you say that one more time for people that didn't catch that? The oldest oh, yes. The, the oldest mm -hmm. HBCU in the South. For those of you who like to dispute that, come see me. Uh, <laughs> so I came to Shaw from very far away, actually. I, I came to Shaw University from Portland, Oregon. Oh, wow. And as I like to tell people, yes, there are Black people in Portland, maybe a few of us, but you know, we there. Uh, so I came from very far away. I experienced Shaw 
as a junior in high school when I was a, a member of a leadership program with the Urban League of Portland and they took us on a college tour. And Shaw was one of the schools that we got to visit. And I, I instantly fell in love because I, I am, I'm by all means, I'm not a photographer, but I like taking pictures. Or back then I used to really like taking pictures. I always had a disposable camera. I would always carry a camera with me. And I would, on this particular trip, I was taking a lot of photos of my experience on this college tour. And I remember taking so many pictures at Shaw. And when I got back home and I had developed them, I just remember how how I felt when I was on the campus, when I was visiting and how I saw everyone just in looking at my pictures, I was like, dang, all of these people look like they really like each other and, and that they are a family. And I know that that's not always the truth, but <laughs> at least the pictures made it seem that way. But um, so I, I came to Shaw in, in the fall of 99, or summer 99, technically we came in, in August of that year. And it, I, I will say this to, to the listeners, it, it really was truly one of the best experiences that I have ever had in my entire life. And I have traveled the world and, and been to so many different places and seen so many people. And, and growing up, I, I also moved around a lot. So for me to come to a school and, and instantly feel love and instantly feel connected to people, it, it really means so much to me, even, even to this day, years and years after I, I've graduated. So. I am a huge advocate for HBCUs. I will always support them. I will always support my Shaw U. But but I had such a great experience from from the time I got there until, until I left. I mean, of course, being so far away from home, there were these there were a lot of stressors for me because I missed my family. But I but my my family that I'm the closest to is actually located in the D.C. area, so that is where I called home when I was in school. Um, so I would just go up to Maryland or, or D.C., Virginia, when I was in school to visit my family and my friends that were there. And it, it wasn't like I really was away from home too, too far or too bad. Awesome. Yeah. Um, this is Renee. And like I said, I uh, came to Shaw University in 1991. Um, as I call it at the time, I think it was Divine Intervention. Uh, I knew of, uh, you know, HBCU from South Carolina originally, and actually, I was actually going to another PWI, Tommy uh, White Institution, um, but uh, I was in Manning, South Carolina at a softball tournament, uh, like a roundup, um, playing ball, and that's when the coaches um, kind of saw me, Coach D and Coach Jake, um, at the time, and he came up and wanted to talk to me about a scholarship, and I was like, yeah, right, okay, didn't, didn't believe that at all and talk about, you know, play Shaw University. And I'm like, well, where is that? Never heard of it. And so went up on the campus visit, you know, Institution Fall Baptist College. Like, okay, this is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And somehow when I got back home, the owner of uh, one of the funeral homes um, nearby had found out um, that I had gone. And I'm like, okay, how does she know that? And she wants to talk with me. And talk about, I guess, this tradition and this heritage and, and her experience there and how it could be a, a life-changing experience for me to go. And that pride that she had, I was like, wow, okay, interesting. But needless to say, scholarship offer, um, had it, went, um, and I will tell anybody that that's been the best experience and life-changing moment um, for me. Just because of the connections that were made 
Um, you know, come to find out, there were a lot of people there from South Carolina uh, as well. But it's like everywhere I go now, I see something that's connected back to Shaw University and that experience. And that experience there with me um, learning not only my teammates, but friends, like I said, it was, it was family. Hanging out on the yard, you know, getting to see this experience. And, and actually, to be honest, I think that was the only thing that saved me in graduate school. When I left, I went to a, you know, found white institution in the Midwest, totally different, stayed in the dorm my first year. And it was interesting that they say everyone sits at the cafeteria table together. Well, I was there with some undergraduates and I would just talk about my experience. They were going home every weekend. I'm like, well, why are you going home? Like, you know, I did this, did this, you know, they were bringing through, you know, Flavor Flav, you know, all these folks, you know, DMX, the Lords of the Underground, you know, on campus and talked about this experience. And that was something that they could not relate to. So right then and there, I knew something was different, something was special and sharing that experience with them. A lot of them were from Chicago. And it was just like, wow. So it's truly something that's unique and very special that you get from there. And learning that history and the kind of where you came from, that was important to me because I was a history buff. So um, again, life-changing and use it today because like I said, I'm from the oldest HBC in the South. And actually now I actually work at the youngest HBC in the South. And I actually wow. use that as part of my recruiting speech um, to my student athletes that I talk to. Awesome, awesome. Jackie, you want to join in? Okay, I'm gonna try to be not long-winded, nor me. Um, so I am from New Jersey. So in New Jersey, it was, um, you're going somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and only thing I knew about a lot of universities outside of the ones in New Jersey, you know, New Jersey got a plethora of, of universities. So I'm applying to Bloomfield and Montclair and da 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 because I had to go somewhere. So um, like she said, uh, ev the history, you know, people from my church, there was Greg, Greg Graves. I don't know if you remember him, one of our our colleagues from uh, the, the latter years. <laughs> mom and my mother worked for the city and um, that his mom went to the university and I think his father did too. And of course he went. So, um, and they were a member of my church. You know how churches are, your family. And so, you know, you got network there and then my mom worked for the city. So the councilman of North New Jersey had a tour. And so now they got all these children from North New Jersey. <laughs> they literally threw us on the bus and they said, where are you going? You're going to Shaw. We had no, half of us have never been, well, I've been places, but some of them have never been out of the city of Newark right. and didn't care about a college and know what it was. And my mama told me to get on this bus and we're going to, and that Lords of the Underground and <laughs> honey, that's how we met Lords of the Underground and all of that. We all went, do it all to read came on down, had the tour, you know, a lot of us from the city of projects and things. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so not all we knew was, uh, what's the show? Um, Different World. Different World. That's all we knew about HBCUs. Different yeah. World, historical black universities and colleges, folks that's listening. Uh, anywho, came down, you know, did the process and we had so much fun, just us. We just had our little crew and you know applied some of us got accepted and some of us came back on that bus and we we stuck around and, and then i stuck around until the end and and still a resident to this day of north carolina <laughs> i went back for nine years and i said nope can't do new jersey i'm going home so outside of the rich history the family because you know it is a small university so i mean you know all you see is each other for the most part especially when you're out of the state 
um, you don't know a lot of, like, I knew my crew that came with me and one of them being my cousin. And, um, and you know, the little family that I created from, from the tour. Um, but we were always together. And right now, 30 years plus, we are still right. communicating, homecoming, just, hey, what you doing today? I'm like, wow, right. hanging out. It's 30 years. And I often said that some of my short friends are my, you know, I talk to them more than I talk to my real family. I'm like, did I talk to my mother today? <laughs> but I talk to my family today. And, you know, that's that's what I love. And even the, the faculty and staff, you know, we got our mixed baskets, you know. Right, right. They Between... were like our moms back then, but now they're our colleagues and our friends. And, you know, because they, they had that much of an influence and listening to their experiences when they were in uh, in the university. And, and for the fact that we can still call each other family and, and be proud of this place. Because if you say Shaw you, I'm like, where? If I hear Shaw, right, right, right. Shaw you <laughs> everywhere. That's <laughs> a, a, a uh, fraternity, you know, organization. We're like, what you mean Shaw you? Don't you talk nothing bad about, no matter what we felt about Shaw you. Absolutely. Right. Let not speak on negative about our university, right. no matter what. So. Yeah, I can say we could, didn't like each other. You know, we might have fight with each other, but if someone came up and said something like, oh, 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 wait a minute. No, no. A absolutely. Don't come rolling over here trying to talk about us. Yeah. You'll get and, and, you know, with. <laughs> and, and, and I had a um, unique experience, too, because, um, you know, I had other options, you know, for colleges and, as you say, PWI. But I kind of grew up with Shaw as a kid because my mother worked there for, like, forever. So as a child, meaning like elementary school, my summer camp was going to work with my mother, you know, so I knew all the faculty and staff. I knew all the administrators, you know, and, but I always told her, I want to go to this school. This, this is where I wanted to go. And, and I always had my heart set for Sean, you know. I remember when the, um, when we used to have the water fountain, when it worked, you know, when it, had, yeah, I remember when it worked, when it actually had beautiful lights and everything. Because by the oh, time the pool, I got there, the pool, the pool right? They See, bring that time, back at homecoming. Don't do that, Mark. No, 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 no. This is this is before this you. This when go, it worked go. every day. No, this is when we had the big pool, which was nothing right. but a big rectangle. Yes. That had like lights and shot water yeah. up, but then um, my and I got the whole story of why they why they shut it down and all that good stuff. And, to us, it was just the pool, and we sat there and talked. Mm -hmm. And that's where you develop that sense of family, you know, getting to know each other, talking, sitting there, you know, on the um, on the steps or, or yeah. sitting in the dorms. You know, we didn't have technology like that. So, your technology was sitting outside having a conversation with whoever you're going to get to know. And and like we said, just like with any organization, any group, you're going to have people you don't gel with. You're going to have people that you get along with. You know, and I'm going to tie this into our vitiligo communities. You know, we're going to have people that we may not work well with, but you're going to have people that you click instantly with. But in the end, we're all a still family. And that's how I see it at Shaw. You know, we are all still family. Because like we said, if something happened, it wasn't, oh, that's Coco. No, it was Shaw you. We, you know, everybody's together now. And, and, and that's how it has always been. And that's how it will always be. You know, even though the generations have changed, we still have that pride in our school, our university. You know, there's a lot of rich history there, you know, within the school itself. You know, I was there when there were certain buildings that existed that over time, they, they crumbled, they're gone. You know, I was like, wow, I remember that building was there that fell down. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I remember when we had that 
little dorm and it caught on fire. You know, there, there's so there's so much that people don't know, you know, the grounds they're walking on. But I remember a lot of this stuff. Um, but yeah, so we all went through Shaw. Now, we all have done something unique at Shaw as well. And everybody has chosen that path, but we join organizations. So uh, we don't have everyone here um, represented. However, we talked about the Divine Nine. Um, the ones that are missing are Mega Sci-Fi, Alpha Phi Alpha, Alpha Kappa Alpha, Kappa Alpha Psi, Iota Phi Theta. Uh, did I miss anybody? Da, da, da. Uh, but represented today, we got Phi Beta Sigma, Zeta Phi Beta, Delta Sigma Theta, and Sigma Gamma Rho. So briefly, you know, and I want to tie this into the work I'm doing. You know, we talk about partnering uh, or creating partnerships with other organizations. Why can one of you just answer? Why do you think it's important for organizations to be able to work together to have that unity for whatever that purpose or goal is? Um, well, I'm just going to speak on behalf of the networking. Um, one of the reasons, see, I, um, I mean, again, personal, but I am the only Greek in my family. And I, again, did not have an idea of, of what the concept of, of, of being in a Greek organization was. Again, church, you know, I hear these things and see these colors, but it mean absolutely nothing to me because that was not my experience. My family was like, yeah, we're not letting nobody tell us what to do, but they didn't get the big picture. Got down here again met different situations went to different situations um i wasn't even on the yard we didn't even have the organization on the yard. <laughs> right but having the opportunity to go to what we call rushes or you know intakes or informals or whatever go to meetings to understand and learn about the different organizations it's like one of those things you like what you hear when you see what you hear it's not about popularity it's not some you know unfortunately some people gravitate towards well my grandmother auntie sister cousin is one so i'm gonna join that one but thank goodness i had nothing to go on so all i had to hear was what they did like you said so it's the networking i heard about right. all the things that were done in the community the networking i like the idea small university i like we are the babies but we are small but powerful right mighty right. And that takes nothing away from the others. It was just, I like intimacy, you know, teacher organization. Guess what? I'm a teacher now. Had no, had no idea. Didn't want to see no children. I'm a teacher. <laughs> had no idea that was going to be my route, but it was something that, that gravitated me towards Sigma Gamma Rho and I am happy for it uh, 30 years later. But all that to say that networking, that bonding, it's something that even though I'm a people person, I talk a lot, but I'm not right, Mark, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like I, when things arise, I will go, but I'm not that one to say, Hey, everybody, let's get to know. I'm that one say, Jackie, we doing something. Okay. What time? Maybe. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but to have these opportunities to get out there in that community and just to see the looks on people's faces when we go to hospitals and, and, and work right. with the children and families who are just going through that one little that one little coat at the coat drive oh my god my baby needed this coat whatever you know yeah <laughs> so yeah. let me let me say this real quick um and and i think for our listeners that's what's important you know when you mention things like a coat drive you know even with our within our vitiligo community you know sometimes we think oh we got to help ourselves but maybe we can help others too why can't we do a coat drive mm -hmm. and help 
this family here? Why can't we do a Thanksgiving basket for a family or, or whatever? You know, the, the I think the possibilities are so unlimited, you know, uh, of what we can do. And we just have to get out there and do them and put whatever our differences aside. Let's put our condition aside and work to help people. You know, you educate and we serve. And I think that's a very important what you said, Jackie, about how you're helping. Um, Coco, Renee, anything y'all want to add? Uh, I mean, just uh, I'm just like Jackie in that I'm the only Greek in my family and the I'm also a... <clears throat> the first person in my family to go to college and, and then to go to an HBCU, you know, that, that was major. And, um, I, I remember coming from the West coast. I, I mean, we deal with other types of natural disasters, but I'd never seen or, or dealt with a hurricane, that type of stuff. And I remember it was my freshman year of, of, of college at Shaw. And I don't remember which hurricane had come through, but it was it was bad. It was disastrous. It was, and it was Fran. 99. Uh, in the in the late well, uh, September, October of 99, whichever. Yeah. And I remember the first group that I saw in the student union, like doing something and trying to pull together something to give to these families that had lost was was Zeta Phi Beta. And and I instantly was attracted to that because I am I am a helper and I, I I'm big on doing things in my community even now however many years later and so it, it, that was very important to me to be able to continue to do that but also to be an advocate and also be an inspiration to those younger members of my family so to me just that sense of community and being able to do things out there that other people could actually be a part of or say oh my goodness they helped me and 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 Zeta Phi Beta is it's not the only organization that does things like that all of us on this call have been mm -hmm. a part of a, some sort of community service venture and and, and done something uh, but the fact that we we've also done these things together that is to me a, a huge deal so that the community can see that we are not I mean yes we have our our silly little beef so to speak like you know all that good stuff but we can come together and we can do things together and 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 be an inspiration to others out there. And Mark, this is Renee, and just being a change agent. Um, I think, you know, growing up, you know, being in the church, we always, you know, again, serve, being part of the missionary um, in school, being part of, you know, student government and these organizations, it was a natural fit. Um, I too didn't grow up, um, I was probably like the third person I found in my, my family to go um, to, to college and come and find out later through the steps that we have to do all now, you know, gone to an HBCU, um, but did not know of like to the Greeks until I got on the yard and I saw this symbol on one of the plots and I'm like, wait a minute, that's the thing that's on my uncle's arm and the shield, he like, found out later right. he's a member of Omega Psi Phi fraternity, but I thought it always had something to do with the army. Even with the shield up on the wall, it just didn't right. until I got there. Um, but you know that wasn't the reason why I joined Delta. But when I when I got to the yard, I saw that you know they were some of the student leaders, just the, the change and wanted to make you know something different, something better for us on campus. And after learning the history, it goes back to the women's suffrage movement with Delta Sigma Theta being the first to march to bring about that change. And so that kind of messed with some of my goals and core values to say, hey, you know, there were some other ones that you know courting and you know had you know good relationships with all the Greeks on the yard. 
And I think that connection, and then I saw Spring 92 roll out on the yard with this bad, you know, <laughs> so I was like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> that right there, that's uh, that was part of that nine of 20 deep. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of sealed the deal for me, like, hey, I think that might be where um, I fit in uh, um, there with that. But again, um, just again, being the, that change agent as a group, and I remember going as a group trying to save Barbara Scotia College um, right. in the rally there. And it was just like everyone going and you're forming that circle on that campus. I think that's again, a part of our unique experience as students and coming through that HBCU, again, we were not, we just won't take us no for an answer. We're gonna to try to bring about the change that's needed. And, right. and, and Renee, this whole time we've been on this call, I'm like, why do I, do I, I, I know her? I know, guess who I know, Renee? Who do you know? Hap. <laughs> <laughs> no, Renee, Renee's brother. Renee's wow. brother. So Hap's best friend, Hap's best friend and I are really, really good friends. <laughs> See, it's a small world. And you know what? I, 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 I just texted him and I was like, Yes. <laughs> and, and see, and that's one of the things I really want our community at large to understand that, you know, when you build bonds and connections, it, it, it lasts. You know, you might think you're in this world by yourself, you know, but no, somebody knows somebody who knows somebody else who's cousin to somebody else who's friends with somebody else. And, and it's just a matter about with, with talking to and being open and, and just being available to each other at, as a community, you know. And that's how we see it with the HBCU. We're, we're one large community, but we have our different entities, like different schools. But overall, if you went to HBCU over here, we might have a rival, but we still connected, you know? Renee, Renee, my bestie now. She don't even know it. She my bestie now. Hey, girl, hey. My brother, the personality. Wow. Now, well, now. His friend says that we act a lot alike. That's why Lord, me and, me and I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray for y'all. But no, but th- this is this is one thing I do want to say. And before we get to the point, we wrap it up um, with our. So our listeners, our Vitiligo community members who are listening to this. Regardless of which organization you belong to, regardless of which group you are affiliated with, we're still one large community that should be working together for the common purpose, which is to educate people about vitiligo, to bring forth awareness and and to help each other and serve each other. You know, we don't need our titles. We don't need our group names to get in the middle of the work that, that we're trying to do. Just like with our fraternities and sororities, you know, although we represent different colors and we brag and we outstep each other and we do all this stuff and you know, we better than you, we found it before you and all this stuff, you know, when it comes time to work together, we put all that aside and we work together because we're here to work for people. We're here to serve each other as a community and as a family. And for our Vitiligo community, I really want y'all to take that to heart. We're here to serve each other as one large family, you know, put aside our differences and work together. Because guess what? Vitiligo don't care about any of this stuff. But we care about each other. So let's let's work on that. But ladies, it's getting later. I thank you for joining me on this conversation. It has been great. Thank you. I know, I, 
I think we talked about an hour and, and a half or some. I don't even know how long. We just been talking, which is and great. It seems like it's been a short amount of time. No, I know. <laughs> but that's how I be when you get with family. Absolutely, absolutely. I would love, you know, I would love to do this again and this time invite more people. Um, just you know, just to have this conversation about working together, unity. I know. Um, Kenyatta said he couldn't make it. That's right. I told him we'll get him on again and uh, maybe some other people can free up their schedules to come on board. But I do thank it. Thank you, you know, for being here. Um, and I and I think for I'm thankful for having this platform to be able to share, you know, with others. Anything, one last word, a piece, something positive that you can say to our listeners out there. We'll start with Coco. Okay. Well, yeah, I would say what what I say to my son every day, love each other and make good choices. Absolutely. Renee? Um, I'm going to say, Mark, first of all, thank you for the invite. Um, truly special evening, been magical. Thank you for being an advocate. You're welcome. Thank um, you. Because it is definitely needed. Um, the more I think we talk and we share with one another and understand each other's experiences, I think it makes it easier to whom much is given, much is required. Um, Absolutely. And you to give. And, and as my theme, when I came in the Shaw University, each one teach one. I yes. use that as a motto. And I would like for everyone out there to continue to use that. And don't be afraid that we all have, you know, our vices, you know, our moments say necessarily weakness, but use them as a strength because we all special people in the God, you know, earth here sharing with one another. So. And to piggy, this is Jackie, and to piggyback on everyone, and what's the thing is you're not your hair, well, you're also not your skin. We all, like she said, we all have our vices. We all have things we're hiding. I have alopecia. You don't know it because I got these awesome braids that my braids rocked. I have this tania. It may flare up in the summer or the winter. I don't know, but you are not your skin. I mean, and that's easier said than, yeah, 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 it's easy to say, but you don't go through. You're exactly right. We all got something that we're stressing about. Um, but you gotta be stronger than that thing. And just know this too will pass and, and, and um, it's not about it's not about them, it's about you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So ladies, thank you for that. And and to our listeners out there, just you know, always remember to love yourself. Look in the mirror, tell you, tell yourself, hey, I'm beautiful. You know, because sometimes the only compliment we get is the one we give ourselves. So make sure you tell yourself that, that you're beautiful, you're a wonderful person, you're a special person. And if you ever need help or assistance, make sure you reach out to our community, you reach out to others and, and let them know what you're dealing with, what you're going through. And, and, just, and just know that you are special and that you are loved. You know, this is Mark Braxton. This is Living Life and love i'd like to thank my special guest today so that's all i have for today thank you and y'all have a wonderful day thank you thank have you, a good one thanks again mark yes this podcast was sponsored by my bitter team